would you say if I were to tell you that it was possible for a man to turn into a werewolf? I'd say I was Little Red Riding Order. <laughs> like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Hello, welcome to Queer for Fear. I am one of your hosts, David. And I'm Sean. And welcome to the second episode of our second season coming Woo-hoo. seven months after the last season's episode. Did I do that math right? May seven. So- sounds right. That's five plus Seven is what do I do for a living? Anyway, numbers. We're still doing it though. And numbers are the hot commodity of tonight's episode, y'all, because we about to scream like the white women that we are. The rosé is flowing. Ish. And there's lots of knowing about this franchise. <laughs> there's lots that Sean knows about this franchise. Is there? <laughs> yeah. Completely. So tonight, y'all, we're going to break down the scream franchise saga i almost said trilogy and then i'm like wait a minute (laughs) aka the never-ending emotional parental trauma of sydney prescott so let's dive into it that poor woman do you think she's more abused than laurie strode probably not (laughs) as a cis white gay male i'm not gonna comment on female abuse and trauma yeah. Don't think I'm qualified. This is not the podcast to go into that theory whatsoever. So we're going to kick it back way, way, because, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of the first Scream movie. And shout out to the studios for failing to air the trailer for Scream 5 during those anniversary showings in October. We see you, we <laughs> still hate you, and we're not over it yet. <laughs> they thought they were just going to let that slide right, right on by us. Look, that I paid promise. $9 for that ticket. And I only wanted that trailer, and then I had to sit there and relive 1990-whatever all over again. (laughs) Yep. But, yeah, I can't believe it's been 25 years, though. I know, and Drew Barrymore had such a bad haircut. Still haven't forgiven her. Shout out to Courtney Cox's bangs in Scream 3, but we'll get there soon enough. So breaking down Scream 1, do you remember how old you were when the movie came out? Uh, yes, and I sadly did not get to watch that one in theaters, but my grandmother rented it for me through Blockbuster when it came out, so it was pretty short after theatrical release that I saw it. Talk about another scream, Blockbuster, may you rest in power. (sighs) Mm. Yeah, I didn't see it until much later. And like much later in your life? Much that, later, like, oh no, not that year. That year, I'm, look, I'm the baby here, okay? So like, mm-hmm. it, when that movie came out, I was like six. <laughs> wow. And I got into horror at a young age, but like, not that young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that movie filled to the brim with just 90s everything, from poor casting choices to... Tropes. Rose McGowan. Yeah. Mm. Shortly after. Well, not that shortly after. Not that shortly after. I mean, do remember, she did play a stripper who got a machine gun leg in a Robert Rodriguez movie, who, to bring this full circle, directed the stab scenes in the Scream franchise. Really? Yeah, you're welcome. (sighs) Anyway. I need you. 
scream. God bless Wes Craven. And I guess, you know, Kevin Williamson for writing it, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, so what are your, you know, thoughts on the first Scream movie? Especially because we so recently saw the 4K transfer in a movie theater in October. And it was was gorgeous. Even though we did not get that new trailer, I still think it was fully, fully worth it. It was super fun to see it in theaters. Like, well, for the first time for both of us, I guess. Um, But I mean, like... Yeah, Scream 1, definitely one of my most favorite movies of all time. I always feel like, you know, super basic when people are like, oh, like, you know, what are like your top three favorite horror movies? And like, I, you know, I feel kind of basic listing Scream in there sometime, but it's there for a reason. It like sparked so many other things, just as we talked about in our um, thoughts on the Halloween franchise, which spurred so many things of its genre. Scream also spurred so many like intentionally tropey movies of its own genre. Yeah, I feel like the Scream franchise, specifically one and two, I guess credit to Jamie Kennedy there, really brought forward the whole meta tropiness of all the horror that tried to be emulated afterwards. And to some effect, the franchise itself ran out of steam in some of that in some ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so do you consider it your favorite Scream? Oh, yeah. For sure. Really? It's not mine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one in four, I think. Four? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to pause on that and just come back to it in a minute. Yeah, we can come back to I that. I just, I, you know, I asked this, I was at lunch with a friend uh, in a COVID safe environment for all of you listening and knowing that now I... <laughs> have described myself as such a cis white gay, I was still COVID safe because I might be white, but I'm not that (laughs) stupid-ish. Some days, as I take a sip of rosé here on an awkward pause. Wearing a rainbow Wonder Woman t-shirt. But make it gay. So, yeah, my friend, we were talking about Scream because we saw, like, the giant poster that the local movie theater had for Five or Scream or whatever the hell it's going to be called. I think just, it's just scream. scream again. <laughs> I'm still calling it Scream Five. <laughs> We're all screaming for no reason. You go, girl. <laughs> She's still got mommy issues. Uh, anyway, where was I? Right. And they were talking about how their best friend was obsessed with Matthew Lillard in this movie, and was like the object of like their like whole schoolgirl crush, like celebrity crush phase when they were younger was Matthew Lillard. Interesting. And choice. I was like, fully, when I watched this movie, I don't know what movie he thought he was in, but like, it was not this. Yeah. So with I mean, the whole spoiler alert inbound in three, two, one, where he comes out to be one of the killers, which can we talk about how homoerotic the first movie is? Yeah. Uh, he, he and good old Skeet Ulrich. Oh, God. That's a skeet that I would love to just skeet all over. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, we had to make the joke. Oh, we had to? Yeah. I made that joke. But uh, Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich, a pair that I love for a very important reason. <laughs> because they made him and I have my picture taken with them and oh, oh. No, I actually didn't meet Skeet Ulrich at the craft reunion. Uh, it was more so the Nev Campbell comment with the craft reunion. Yes. Shout out to everybody that follows David on Twitter. 
what's your Twitter handle again? At the basic bitch that drinks rosé <laughs> slash witchiness. Twitter doesn't let you have handles that long, or I would have it. Oh, so now we're just a size queen. Got it. But no, sadly, my BFF, Nev Campbell, did not drop me any useful spoilers about Scream 5. So, Nev, if you're listening, <laughs> David loves you. I've never met you, and, you know, don't sue us. So, any other thoughts on Scream 1? I mean, we're not covering the no. plot because it's been out for so fucking long. So that brings me to my favorite, which is Scream 2. Because life is better once you get to college. And also, shout out to Jada Pinkett... Well, Jada Pinkett Smith now, but not back then... For really just owning up the very stereotypical tropes of, oh, look, the black couple getting killed at the start of the movie. That, yeah. Do you think that trope was intentional, like playing off the horror thing? Or do you think that was... That yes just... and no. I mean, it was called out. Like, they do a whole bunch of commentary. Like, trying to talk about the horror commentary in Scream is beating a dead horse. Sorry, PETA. But, like... Feeding a fed horse. Truly, whatever. <laughs> Sure, you know, give a pig some bacon. I don't really care at this point. It's been talked about already. But yeah, I loved Scream 2. Do you just love it because they have Jackie's uh, in it from Roseanne? Because <laughs> that's why I like that movie. I mean, yes. And Timothy Oliphant, baby Timothy Oliphant from Justified. Oh, and The Crazies, which is another brilliant remake that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we covered once upon a time. And if we haven't. Brace yourselves, people, for season whatever we actually decide to do next. Two is the one with the, like, really wild, like, theater scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the play. Like yeah, the... but you're forgetting the most important character in it. Sarah Michelle Geller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, I figured we, we would talk about her, but I just wanted to make sure I was on the same page because I was like, wait, that... No, it's the whole Even though scene. two isn't yeah. my most most favorite one yeah, which it's we still talk about i love that scene i love the talk about why the um they're rehearsing for um what is the play you have a degree in it right. <laughs> i have a degree in shakespeare i don't know if it was shakespeare or not i don't remember oh, i didn't I, rewatch I thought, it for this moment i thought it was like a, a shakespeare play and it probably yeah um, sure i thought it was so well done like the costuming and the music and the lights and stuff um, yeah you know it, was really, well it was really wonderful it was really great but yes Charming. also sarah michelle geller throwing potted plants at ghost face that and the fact that as soon as she was done filming her death scene on that movie she pretty much got on a bus and went and filmed you know uh, i know what you did last summer also written by kevin williamson also featuring Sarah Michelle Gellar in a very feminized role where, spoiler alert, she also got killed. But that was also mainly because everybody was watching her, you know, weekly playing Buffy. So why not play against type and just be whinier and less yeah. of a badass bitch? As a, as a hard, hardcore Buffy stan, very, very we, still weird for me to watch her get killed in any context. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about two. Um, I think it's just... It was probably like I was at that age, not in college yet, but like on like super getting into horror around the same time that I had like started to really appreciate this franchise and then three happened. But yeah, I think it was one of those moments where it just like it was a movie that just clicked like all of the meta references, you know, like Jamie Kennedy's character getting killed, but leaving all the rules and like how much of that was just a direct you know, I think Wes Craven had a lot of fun building in, you know, references to his previous work in it, as well as just highlighting all of it. And then it still follows the same tropes anyway. 
Like it repeats the same problems from the first screen. This, you still have two villains. They still add in like a parental-esque tr twist with mother trauma. You know, right. so it still stays in the same frame house, but the end scene in the theater is pretty boss. And yeah, and it was campier, I think, than the first one too. See, for me, that's three. I think three is where the camp really camp. <laughs> overtakes everything. You think three has good camp? Oh no, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, it's okay. like it's jump the shark camp. Yeah, three. I mean, three bringing back the whole Colin, you know, Liv Schreiber character and doing more with that and uncovering more of like, you know, Sydney Prescott's mother Maureen and and handling all of that. Okay, but then like getting the super meta-ness of it, except for one, like God bless Parker Posey being <laughs> Gale Weather and the Stab franchise production <laughs> going on in that movie. Because truly everything she touches is gold, especially Josie and the Pussycats. And pause there for judgment. And Courtney Cox's uh, reaction to... <laughs> Her character and Courtney Cox's <laughs> bangs, which are non-existent in that movie, um, she's already been shouted out and blasted on Twitter for it anyway. But still, um, I mean, it, it was just kind of where the movie—it just went too meta in and of itself, trying to be like, "Look, we are really self-aware and self-referential, and we can still tackle the, you know, criticism of all the sequels that are going on around the same time because that's what was going on." But yeah, just doesn't hold it together. Like Roman being the bad guy at the end, I was like, "Oh, is this gonna be like Roman Polanski?" And it, and then it wasn't because you know he's still, yeah, he, he trash. was he was the weakest weakest villain, I think. I will tell you, it has my favorite cameo of any celebrity ever in any movie I have ever seen. Who would that be? Carrie Fisher. That's your favorite cameo ever. It's my that. best cameo because everybody looks at her in this movie and goes, don't you look like, and then she's like, yeah, I get that all the time. And it was like the most Carrie Fisher doing a Carrie Fisher cameo-esque, like just perfectness that I could not stop getting over. That's so true. I never thought about that. She is just basically her. Yeah. <laughs> also, the running theme in all of these movies, minus Skeet Ehrlich, Ehrlich or Ehrlich or whatever the hell his name is, I'm blaming it on the wine. All right. <laughs> None of the Ghostface killers are hot. Like, when you see Ghostface, and I'm only saying this as somebody who, in season one, was talking about wanting to get choked out by Mike Myers, you just, you want it, you just... You pray that there's like a Channing Tatum level as Cotty under there so that at least, you know, if you're about to get stabbed, you can still cream your pants before you die. And yet, it's just well, like, it's Skeet an Dollar old Betty. It's a, what? Skeet Ulrich was, was pretty dreamy, well, but, but he wasn't hunky, you know? Okay, but I was just naming a hot person and the internet says Channing is still relevant. Yeah. Because I listen to the internet as our, you know, whole, how do we cater towards getting viewership? It's not this episode. Anyway. <laughs> it's not Channing Tatum either. If it's not Channing Tatum, fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you have, I guess, one hottie out of the two in the first movie. And then you have Timothy Oliphant, who, yeah, mm, but then you get Auntie Darling from Roseanne. And you're like, oh, no. And then in three, which I guess, yay for breaking the mold there and just having Roman be the killer. 
Also, shout out to Lance Harrickson. You know, so far, you were so great in Aliens, and then all of a sudden, mm, no, just so, skyrocketing downward. But, yeah, bad, bad casting placement. But. So, then we had a very long break between Scream 3, but because it's Hollywood and franchises never die. How long was that? I don't even know. Well, Scream 4 was 2011, and I think Scream 3 was early 2000, so there was at least, you uh, know. yeah. Upwards of a couple of years, right? Because in four, Sydney is like a like a full ass grown adult. Yeah, she's doing what every white woman strives to do—a book tour. Market not only a book <laughs> tour, but a self help book, because nothing says hi, serial killers that you know all hated my mother have come after me for three movies. Let me guide you on a path to success in life. <laughs> With Alison Brie as your assistant. Did what was the name of the the book? Because I remember like laughing like crazy when I first. Saw I don't. It was I don't like, remember. Really, like cheesy self. I just remember the best line in that movie is an exchange between Alison Brie and Courtney Cox, and Alison Brie's character makes a comment about Courtney Cox being old brand, and Courtney Cox just being like, "I'm about to revitalize all over your face," and I was like, "Oh." She did have good one-liners in that movie, and you know I, another reason why I love Four so much is um, I felt like, well, partly it kind of gave me the new Halloween franchise vibes a little bit, like the whole like intergenerational trauma. Yeah. You well, <laughs> well, <laughs> intergenerational trauma that is perpetuating its own violence. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Emma Roberts. Still can't get over when you backslammed into a glass table. Uh, I remember seeing, I saw it opening day for my birthday, and God, I, you know, as soon as she slammed herself backwards on that table, I was like, bitch, be crazy. And then she showed up in American Horror Story, and she was like, surprise, bitch. I was like, you know what? Honestly, you and Scream 4 was far more surprising as the killer. They were kind of the same person, her, mm-hmm. her character in American Horror Story coming at yeah. least. <laughs> yeah. Also, that glass table scene totally gives me um, uh, enough starring Jennifer Lopez of vibes. Mm, she true. throws her... Um, she does. Accent. I mean, the last thing that Wes Craven directed. So, you know, you can never say it's the prettiest of them all, but also it's the first one that met high definition in a new age. Uh, Hannah Panettiere giving me full-on just, like, genderqueer realness. I uh, really had hoped when they started announcing the cast for Scream 5. That's a fucking terrible reboot name. How fucking original. Like, I was just secretly hoping, like, oh, she survived. Like, just bring her back. Let it, let's have the cool character back. You I would know? love that. Yeah. I would have loved it. Um, I mean, it has its criticisms, although I'm a very... I enjoy it. What do you think I people's like big criticisms wine. are of it? Or pe- people just tired at that point? I mean, I always think there's the question of why. Like, the story can be as inventive as you want, but, like, why? Uh, clearly, I mean, Nev Campbell had not done much. Looking at you, House of Cards, in that time she played The Rock's wife in Skyscraper. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, those have both been after this. But, yeah. like, it's no wonder when Scream 5, you know, offered her a lot of money that she was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> mm. But, um, I, I don't know. It was just, it's very polished, very sleek. 
Um, and it was like the first time, I guess for me, watching them where I actually gave a shit if like one of the original trio was gonna die. Because like True. Gail gets injured and like the whole final scene in the movie is in the hospital. And it's like Gail in the bed, and then they made a big deal about Sydney dying, which of course marketing is going to be huge on that. But like, still, I was like, oh, I'm fucking all right. This is, I'm actually suspensed. And also the opening between like Kristen Bell and you know, the multiple Anna Paquin, and I was like, well, yeah, I love Anna Paquin. Mm. I was so excited to see her. And I remember when that movie first came out, I was like, oh, is she going to be one of the main characters in this? I'm so excited. And then I'm like, oh. It was fun to see Kristen (laughs) Bell because this was like Veronica Mars era her and like Gossip Girl. So for all of you that are listening that don't know, Kristen Bell does the voice of Gossip Girl in all of the narrations. Uh, Still does in the HBO Max reboot too. But um, if you don't know that, you're not gay. (laughs) You're welcome. I watched that show for the fashion. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, back on track. But yeah, I, like it was just one of those where like that opening was so great, and to see her, and then she showed up playing Elsa years or Anna. Sorry, Adele Dazim. Um, I was like, oh god, I remember when she just shanked the shit out of Anna Paquin's stomach. Like <laughs> iconic. Truly. So, earlier you mentioned that one and four. What about four? I mean, really, like, everything that you just mentioned. You pretty much recapped, like, my favorite parts of everything. I think also part of it, too, was that... um, Because I did see four in theaters, and... It was the first one. I think it was the first one of the whole franchise that I managed to... Like, I remember when three came out... is Alzheimer's setting in already? Oh, that's long since been a thing. Damn. But I remember when Scream was in theaters, like, wanting to see it, but, like, I don't know, my schedule didn't work out or something. But four came about, and I was like, oh, yeah, totally doing it in theaters. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was my very first one in theaters. Um, And so, just, like, a lot of nostalgia, like... It was uh, one of my grabs' favorite movie. So, like, after Blockbuster, she, uh, she rented it. She loved it and bought... Um, I think she bought, like, the two, like, Scream 1 and 2 on VHS, like, combo. I think I remember there being two um, together. I don't know. Not that you don't know what a VHS is. I do know what a VHS is. <laughs> but when I got Scream, they were on DVD in a triple pack from Walmart. That's, so that's fair but yeah you you honestly pretty much recapped my favorite things which is why i have um very uh anxiously high hopes for five because honestly it, even if five is just as good as four i'll be a totally happy camper like i don't think it needs to exceed four i mean i was worried when they were like every time they've tried to reboot scream my concern has been why like when i say reboot i'm looking at the mtv show that ran for Way too fucking long. Um, oh, was that like a, oh, I loved it? I loved the first season. Okay, I, well, you know, there's more than that. I know, but and people were like, uh, you can just end at the first season. See? <laughs> I, my worry was Wes Craven is the only one that can do what Wes Craven does. Does he have a perfect filmography? And no. Looking at my soul to take, that was a trash heap of what the fucking <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> mm. Warning, adult content. <laughs> they should know by now. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. 
Part of me is like, oh my god, maybe Ghostface is actually going to be really hot this time. I doubt it. Well, so you know, I'm going to quote MJ from the newest Spider-Man. Well, I mean, they've already been. This is also the first one I think where they're marketing their own spoiler because their whole marketing thing is that one of them is the killer, or the killer is yeah, like among us. Just, or that could also just be a red herring. It could be a red herring, yeah. Or it doesn't. I I was like arguing this with someone the other day too, where they're like, oh, it has to be you know one of the original like four main characters or whatever and i'm like well technically they're not saying it like that they're saying like three. they're like oh it's a like the killers among us one of us that doesn't necessarily mean one of the original players like it could be just like a core member of the new one which if that's the case wouldn't really be breaking out of the scream franchise trope anyways no but i mean if it was one of the three what would make them yeah you know what do we got bored Mm-hmm. Or um, what? Gail King needs a new book, so she's gonna make it. Well, I don't think it'll be anything like that. I it, it, if they do it, where it is for the killers, it could be like um, uh, they're trying to protect the original crew, so they're killing off bad people. I don't know. That's probably not a strong plotline. This do is you, why I'm do not you a writer. Listen to yourself when you talk sometimes. No, I listen kind of, back through kind of through podcasts. Movie is that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like a like a yeah, I got, like I've, a hmm. like a, a vigilante justice. I'm gonna need the second aspect. bottle of wine. Can you just pass that over? Because this is some bullshit. <laughs> it's on y'all. your side. <laughs> no, I said second bottle. You have nine next to you. Oh, I do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now that that's been established, I mean, so I love the directors dearly. Um, I know they're coming up later in another episode that we're planning on making, but I I love you know. Ready or Not was one of my favorite movies of 2019. Yep. You loved Ready or Not. I was obsessed with it. Most of that stems from my obsession with Samara Weaving. Uh, I mean, to bring it full circle, not only with these directors, Adam Brody, who starred as her husband in Ready or Not, was also in Scream 4. Mm. So, you know making this go full circle of yeah. people that are connected. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm excited. Sydney, you know, Nev has only gotten prettier with age. Her whole will she, won't she, she was the last official cast member to join it. And she was like, no, I didn't do it for the money. They wrote me a letter and we're like, raised valid points about how much the original meant and Wes Craven and everything. And I was like, I get it. They have a very strong, successful you know, background. This isn't like Adam Wingard who did Your Next and then his next big blockbuster was Godzilla versus Kong. And you're like, the fuck happened to your voice, man? <laughs> like, you do Blair Witch, which you disguise as a movie. Cool. Was it good? Meh. You do Your Next, which is wonderful. You have The Guest. You have all of these strong movies. And then you make Godzilla versus Kong. So, you know, this could be a good transition. I, my worry is it's a January release, and any horror fan knows that any horror movie that gets released in January is a dumping ground. <sighs> yeah, or maybe they just, you know, have, you know, the studio has so much else being put out that they thought that it has a strong enough fan base to survive a January. I mean, it has, it is three minutes longer than Scream 4. 
No, four minutes longer than Scream 4, depending on whether you're looking at like the digital copy version or the case, because the case is printed with a runtime of 111 minutes, while digitally it shows up as 110. But Scream 5 or Scream, I'm never going to get over that. I hate that. It's like Halloween. I'm like, no, we had one in 1970, God knows fucking when. We don't need another one in 2018 called the same goddamn thing. And then you get Halloween killed. Like, why couldn't we like get like Scream again? Let's scream again. You know, Ryan Murphy gave us Scream Queens. We have nowhere to go but up. You could put Scream in front of anything. <laughs> scream again is actually kind of a cool name. Like, Scream five times. I don't fucking know. Like, you put the four in place of the A in Scream for the fourth movie, so you, mm-hmm. you could have gotten really inventive here. Yep, turn the five on its side. It's an yeah, I just, I really, I just want... You, you need a refill, darling. Give me your glass while we're oh, talking yes. about this. I just, I need Ghostface to just actually make me a thirsty bitch during this movie or I'm going to have so many tears of sadness and just, did you want more? Was that not enough? That's like no, a whole fucking gauntlet. All right. I hope we get the sound of the I'm really hoping it. that everybody could hear that. There's a little bit more. Give me your glass. Oh God. It's fine. Here. And we're just going to. Oh yeah. Nice. Shout out to Union Brewing Company, just because, as usual, I'm not paid for it, and I love them to death, and we're not even drinking beer this time, but they give us so much stuff. We love you. And we wear merch there. Yeah, a lot. But yeah, that's my concern with Scream. Uh, Do I feel as sexually charged and passionate about it as I did Halloween? No. Sexually charged and passionate Is there a reason I'm glad Ghostface has a white face? Yes, but am I going to say all of that on the podcast? Not really. No, I'm just going to leave it as a mystery of why I'm glad Ghostface has a white face. (sighs) Well, because most killers are. (laughs) Most mass murderers are. I was making a semen joke, but like, sure, we can go there too. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that his face is red and he's very awkward. No, it's been red from, from this delicious rosé. That actually face. probably should be red since we're talking about blood. and. I, you picked the color wine. But red wine gives me a headache. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Then don't bitch about it. A stabbing headache. <laughs> okay, if you're quiet enough, you can hear the three people that listen to this podcast. Hitting the unsubscribe button. Yeah. And not laughing at that joke. Nope. Not at all. That was a moment. Well, if you've been around this long, thanks for sticking in with us. And if you've still been around this long, you just heard me make a joke about how much I would love to just cover Ghostface in my Ghostface. <laughs> Congratulations. This is Queer for Fear, episode two of season two. So late afterwards, we could have almost had a full pregnancy from the premiere of this season. But don't worry, folks, we have more in the pipeline. We've said that before, but this time we may actually follow through. Just like David Arquette in the Scream franchise, we're going to limp out of here on our exit and then magically be completely healed in the next installment. I'm your princess, Sean. And I'm your witch. And this has been Queer for Scream. (laughs) 